Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. We're going to start a new series today, but before I do that, I know that there's um, just some concern in the area. Like there's a, we're all under storm watch, I guess. We're kind of, uh, we're under that. And then growing up in Miami, I know what it is to, uh, to live under the constant threat of hurricanes. I've been through several hurricanes and not like baby hurricanes where your power goes out for like an hour. Like it was out for like three months, like the hurricane that we went through, um, three months, no power. I can remember um, right now, it's getting over the Bahamas, so we want to pray for them. But I remember when the big hurricane came over South Florida, and I remember watching it on the TV, and you see the eye coming across, and then the power went out. And then I remember doors flying off. I remember my dad. He's kind of awesome. He reminds me of Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. I don't know if you've seen that show, but, but he put on this big buffalo coat and a um, army helmet, and he's running around outside trying to hold on to the doors so that they don't fly off and just driving nails through them. Um, I remember what it's like to wait in line for ice for like six hours and mail. Like if you wanted ice and your mail, you're looking at six hours of waiting in line. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say we looted a gas station, but I'm going to say there were no walls or windows and lots of food lying around on the floor. And uh, we didn't take any money, but, you know, grape sodas, uh, Twinkies, bags of chips, because my dad was the type of guy, he opened up the, uh, our house to about 30 people. We had people that were older that lived in trailers, and he let them stay in there. Um, he had people that, whose husbands were working with the power company or with different agencies that were all working. And so we had a huge group of people. And there's just Twinkies lying on the floor right there. So I don't, I mean, maybe that's a sin. Maybe we need to pay back Circle K. But um, that, I, I, remember, uh, I remember what it's like. And so we're going to send a prayer out there for, um, for the people affected by the storms because I know, I know what it is. So, Father God, we know that uh, you're the God of everything, and you can use the good stuff and the bad stuff for our good. But we do send a prayer out that this storm would turn, go away. Um, let's just, we, we, if you could make it easy, we'd appreciate it. We pray for all the people in the islands down there whose homes are under threat and people all across the coast who are wondering where this thing's going to show up. And we just, uh, we pray you take care of that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're starting a new series, and if you didn't get a piece of paper, you can raise your hand um, and insert it. It'll tell you kind of what's going on. But it's a series called Endgame. And so um, the reason I called it that is because we are at a very special time in history. We are living between the time when Jesus died on the cross and rose again and the time of his return. Um, we believe here that Jesus will actually return, that he is coming back. Um, uh, this is not a message to say like, oh, he's coming back like tomorrow. Let's go live in the woods. And that's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that he is coming back and that he is going to make things right. And I believe that the cross happened. I believe that he actually died on a cross, a perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And that when his blood was shed, it was good enough to cover our sins. And that he didn't stay dead. They put him in a tomb. I believe this. And that they put his lifeless body in a tomb. He wasn't knocked out. He wasn't like almost dead. Like he was fully dead. And they put him in a tomb. And then I believe three days later, he rose again. Like life came back into his body 
the Spirit of God touched him and brought him up from the dead. And then I believe that he ascended into heaven not, not too long after that. And that he said, when he, when he ascended into heaven, he said that, that he was coming back. That, that's what I believe. And so we are at a special time in history where we live between the cross and his return. Not very many people get to live in that time. Most people live before the cross. Um, uh, well, I mean, I guess population-wise, there's a lot of people now, but it's a very special time, a very special time in history. And I want to go to the uh, book of Acts, so if you want to turn with me there to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 6. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 6, it's on the front of your insert, and we're going to read through this a little bit, and we're going to talk a little bit, and, um, but I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite God to, to help me out. So God, this is your word. We are your people. You are the leader of this church, not me, God. And we just pray that you would speak, Jesus, that you'd open our hearts, open our ears, and that you'd visit us here today and give us what we need. You know what each of us needs, and we, I pray you'd give it to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So where we're reading in the story is Jesus has already died and paid the price for your sin, my sin, everyone's sin. The price was paid. He had already been resurrected from the dead. Like he, he was alive and he had already been visiting his, his disciples. And you can go and read through the Gospels and it tells a, a few things like he eats fish with them on the shore. One day Jesus shows up and he has a fish breakfast uh, with his followers, and he talks to Peter, and, you know, Peter who had denied him, and he kind of brings him back into the fold. He, he showed up to Thomas when Thomas was doubting, and Thomas had heard that Jesus had rose again, but Thomas had seen what happened on the cross, and so Thomas was like, man, I don't believe it unless I put my hand in his holes and in his side. I'm just not going to believe it, and Jesus shows up to Thomas and is like, go for it, buddy. Put your finger right here. I guess lifted up the robe. I don't know how that would work, but put your hand right here. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And he spent um, about 50 days, give or take, with his, his followers. And how amazing would that be, like to have the resurrected Lord there? Like you saw him die, and now he's alive, and you're kind of in this weird, weird place where you don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, what's bigger than getting raised from the dead? Like, what is he going to do next? I got to imagine. And that's where his disciples, um, the apostles, as they, as they were called, the ones who were sent out from the group of disciples, they were with Jesus, and they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Verse 7, Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, but they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Verse um, comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling all people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And when they could no longer see him, and as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood, stood among them. Verse 11, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you, and he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. 
One of the things I want to point out is like in that verse 6, where it says, you know, they're asking, when are you going to restore our kingdom? And Jesus doesn't even answer them. Do you know that it's not uncommon? Like these guys were pretty good people. They had like seen Jesus die and raise again. He had handpicked 12 people from, from the, the surrounding area and spent a lot of time with them, poured into them, ate with them, slept with them, and they're still clueless up until the end. Up until the end, they still have no idea what Jesus is really all about. And they're asking him, and they're saying, hey, uh, when are you going to restore our kingdom? When are we going to get our kingdom back, Lord? And Jesus is like, it's none of your business. I mean, he said it plighter than that. He said, it's none of your business. It's not for you to know. But... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. See, we live in a time, and there's a little graphic on the back of your, um, on the back of your insert. And, and I think in pictures, so maybe this helps. We live in a time um, that where you have the cross of Christ was accomplished. And Jesus, he died on the cross, but then he ascended and he sits on the throne in heaven. And then what he did is after he ascended to the throne, he sent his spirit down here. And eventually he's going to return and hit the reset button and make all things right. He is coming back. That's our hope is that this world will be made right. There will be no more, uh, no more slave trade, no more sex trade, no more pedophilia, no more greed-destroying lives, no more bills. Everybody say, praise God. All our debt will be paid. No more sickness. My back won't be sore. No more diseases. No more MS. No more cancer. No more HIV. No more fighting. No more tears. No more crying. Like it's, He's going to come back and hit the reset button, and he's going to make it all good. No more mental issues. No more people with, with brain chemistry off. No more emotional wounds. All that stuff that happened to you when you were little is going to be healed, and you're going to be redeemed and restored. Like this is our hope right here. It's going to get better, but we don't live there yet. We get taste of that. We get touches of that. But right now, we live right after he sent his spirit and died on the cross. And we're waiting for his return. And so the end game is, is, is as, as history marches to a close, and this is not to give you a time frame of, oh, look, Jesus is coming back tomorrow, because if I said that, I'd probably be wrong. But this is a truth I do know, is it's sooner today than it's ever been. It's sooner today. And there's something that happens when, when you know a big event is about to happen, your daily life should change. The reason I started with that hurricane is because after we got whooped by that one storm, all of a sudden our daily lives changed when the news said something was coming. All of a sudden we would board up the house every year for the first storm that came through We'd go out there, me and my dad, God bless him, he wasn't spending money on hurricane shutters. We have plywood and Chris. And so we would go out there, Chris and a drill, and we would drill the plywood into the side of the house because all the houses were concrete for the first storm. And you know what we did? We bought extra food because we remember what it was like to have three months with no stores open. 
Our daily lives changed. What, what would normally concern us, we said, wait a second, this is on the horizon. Let's get some water. Let's have another generator. We even bought those fancy packs of like, they were solar showers. You guys know what a solar shower is? Basically a plastic bag you put in the sun. Why did we buy those bags? In our daily life, I don't need a solar shower. I have a hot water tank. But I remembered ice-cold workman showers for three months. If you've never had an ice-cold workman shower, picture it's about 95 degrees in South Florida. you got mosquitoes biting you. You're sweating like a pig, and the water is ice-cold. And you got to shampoo and lather up, and it's, it's like everybody in their clothes is like we're in some prison camp. We're like, oh, this is terrible. But when we knew something was coming, we changed our daily behavior. And so what I want to put into your minds is that something is coming, and maybe it should change our daily behavior. Maybe we shouldn't be left undone. Now, the first point you can write in is we live in the special time between the cross and his return. We're one of the few generations in this world that we can understand that the cross happened and our sins are forgiven, but yet he has not returned. It's a special time in history. The next point I want to put out there is there's a battle in all of us between wanting God to set up our kingdom and him wanting us to tell about his. Verse 6, the disciples who were called apostles, like his closest group of people, their question is, when are you going to set up our kingdom? When are you going to do something for us, Lord? When are you going to do it for me, Lord? And his answer was, it's none of your business. But you've got something to do for me. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Your life is going to be changed, and, and there's something I need you to do for me. And I'm not saying that God won't answer prayers because we pray in this church. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about your life because he cares about your life. But I'm saying is that your kingdom is less important than God's kingdom. The, what God wants to do is more important than what you want him to do. Or if not, he's not God. And that's the third point. God's plans are more important than our plans. See, too many times we treat it as if we're asking Jesus into our life just to bless what we were already going to do anyway. Like, oh, I want Jesus to come into my life to bless what I had already planned on doing. And the thing is, where Jesus is, he, Jesus blesses. Jesus is good, and when his presence is there, he blesses. I'm not saying that's not true. But the truth is, is that God has asked you to come out of your life, to come out of what you're focused on, and to be focused on his. And that's what it means to live between the cross and his return. Is that, yes, there is the natural day-to-day -day life. Yes, you're going to take showers, and you got to put on clothes. Please put on clothes. That's natural. That's normal. And please take a shower. 
But life is bigger than showers, more important than clothes. Life is more important than your workout regimen or how big your bank account is. And God is saying, my plans are more important. And what is this time that we live in? It's a time where the king on the throne sent his spirit to all people. Not just a select few. See, what's different now is that back in the day, you might have a man like Moses who the spirit came upon him. Or a man like David or a prophet like Jeremiah. That the, or somebody like Joseph or Daniel. You'd have these one-offs where you'd have one person at a special time and God's spirit would be with them and they would do great things and, and their stories were in the Bible. But what's so different now is that because the cross happened, all of us can have our sins forgiven and be given a clean slate. And God wants to fill that clean slate with his spirit, with his life with a passion that drives you to be about God's business. Look what Jesus was concerned about when he left. Go up to verse 7. It says, the Father alone knows these times and dates. Don't worry about that. But you, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. It kind of seems like what Jesus is thinking before he leaves has a lot to do with telling people about him. I mean, yes, I've gone to seminary, and yes, I've got a master's degree. But I think with a basic second grade education, this whole idea you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Does that not come through? Do I got to break it down in the Greek? Do we need to go break that hole down? Or is there some stuff that we cannot read and be like, I can understand that. That God's spirit comes upon me, upon you, and you, and you, and you, so that you can be a part of this process of telling people about him Everywhere. Everywhere. Not about Lakeside, not about Chris, not about some denomination, but about pointing people to Jesus and telling the story of Jesus to people everywhere. That's God's plan. And he's done it. And he wants his spirit to live in you because here's the deal. If Jesus' spirit really lives in you, you're going to follow where he's taking you. Jesus is going to, if he comes into your life in a real way, you'll be about his business. If Chris, and now this is crazy, right? This is, hypothetically, if my spirit could be inside of you, it can't, that's impossible, but let's play along. If my spirit could be in you, then you would like to eat empanadas. Because I like to eat empanadas. You may have never had an empanada in your life, but if I lived in you, you'd be about that. If I lived in you, you would really like my wife. Well, you do like my but you'd like her in a whole different way. 
if my spirit lived in you, you would dress different. I don't dress cool. All right, these are, I'm not cool. I could never do skinny jeans. Some people are awesome. They're way cooler than me. They can do the skinny jeans. But I was, I'm a child of the 90s where jeans were rated on how big they could actually be. And plus, like, I don't like that. Let's just be honest. So if you were a skinny jean person and I lived in you, immediately your pants would get bigger. Be like, no, I don't like these. But if Jesus' spirit lives in you, you're going to like the things that he likes. And you're going to be about what Jesus is about. And Jesus is about telling people everywhere the good news of the kingdom. And that's the next point. We're talking about the cross. We're talking about the fact that Jesus died to take away your sins. We're telling the world the good news. We're not pointing fingers at sin. If you think that's why the Spirit came, you're wrong. You're pointing the finger to the answer to sin. Everybody knows their own sin. I believe that the Spirit of God came to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I believe the Spirit of God is working on people's lives. I believe that people's consciences know their own sin. And you just have to point them to the answer. You need to point them to solution, Jesus. You need to give them hope. What can take away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's the message that we share. Or do we share it? A few weeks ago, I went, I had been visiting this place for my back. And I woke up very early in the morning and I was convinced I was going to share the gospel. I can't say it anything else, but I woke up and I was like, I'm sharing the gospel today. And it's going to be with a lady. Well, I'd gone to this place I'd been to maybe 30, 40 times before and talked to a lady I've talked to maybe 30, 40 times, and she wasn't on my radar. I didn't wake up thinking I was going to talk to this lady. But she opens up about her past, and in the past two, three years, um, her mom has abandoned, or as she was growing up, her mom abandoned her. She got taken away from her mother. She's battled drug addiction. She has the same back issue that I have from a car accident where a drunk driver hit her last year. After that one, she got hit by another drunk driver. Her sister, who is growing up the same way she did, has come to live with her, so she's battling being a kind of a young mother now to this young girl who's going through her old, old, own wild stuff. And in this conversation, all of a sudden, I said, yes, Lord. And I shared the hope that was in Jesus Christ. Very simply, very naturally, I didn't point out all the things wrong, all the things she needed to change. I pointed to the one who could change her life. And I said a prayer with her. She began to cry, and I, I was like, amen, and I left. I didn't know what else to do at that point, you know? I mean, it's, I've talked about Jesus. I've said a prayer. But the thing that got me, because I'm not special. Number one, I said, if my back's going to hurt, well, then, you know, we're going to get some good out of this. So 
So I'm going to share the gospel with these people. Number two is I found out later on that she's, she's grown up in this area for more than 20 years. You'd consider this a churched area. She said nobody's ever told her that. Nobody's ever offered to pray with her. Never before has anything like that ever happened. It shouldn't be the case, church. It shouldn't be the case. God had to bring some ignorant guy up here from Miami to talk to her. Because none of the other, and I'm not blaming the Christians, but I'm saying, like, shouldn't we be salt and light? Shouldn't one of us, and I'm not blaming you in this room. I'm talking about the church in this area that are meeting in different buildings all over this area. But shouldn't we be the light and the salt? And shouldn't there be one of us that could encourage and that could pray for and, and not point any fingers to the sin or to all the issues, but, but point the finger up to hope? And to say, well, this is where my hope is. This, is. this is what has got me through things. And can I pray for you right now? The funny thing about prayers is they don't have to sound fancy. They just have to be real. I didn't, say, I didn't pray a fancy prayer. I just prayed a prayer from my heart. And I want to encourage you that that's why the Spirit comes. Spirit comes upon you so that you can be his witness, that you can tell people everywhere. Now you may say, well, I don't like to talk to people, or I'm afraid. Some of you guys are afraid. You, you're afraid, and I'm not, trying to pick, I'm not trying to be negative. You're afraid to tell somebody about your faith because it gets you like, I don't know how this is going to go. I understand that. I'm afraid too. I get scared. The difference between, you know, being crazy and not being crazy is you get scared, but then you get courage and you do it anyway. I didn't know how that was going to go. Turned out really good, but I mean, it could have gone bad. But I know there's hope in Jesus. And somehow when you share it with love and out condemnation and without trying to say, oh, you got to do all this stuff and then Jesus will accept you when you say Jesus died for you just the way you are. And he loves you completely. And he cares about what you're going through. And can I pray for him to just move in your life? You know, somehow that works. Somehow when you say the cross was for us just the way you are. And somehow people's lives begin to change. The last point I want to get to is uh, he sent the Spirit to give you power. That's why the Spirit of God comes, to give you power to, to witness to, about him. doesn't come, he doesn't come for other reasons. I mean, it's, it's to give you power to make a difference so that you can walk into a place like this, just like I was, here for my treatment. Literally. And in my broken place, I can still have power. Because my prayer is not dependent on my back. 
my prayer is dependent on the fact that his back was nailed to a cross and he died and he made me acceptable in the Lord's sight. And although I am not perfect, I am forgiven. And he lives in me. So the things that he likes, and he likes helping the hurting and helping the lost, I like. That's his empanada. He's all about that. And I feel like we've gotten to a place, and I'm not saying us, because I don't think it's here as much, but just in general, where we really don't let the Spirit in to be about what the Spirit wants to be about, which is reaching the lost and the hurting. You know, and we're going to have a small group season. Can I talk from my heart? And I'm not trying to condemn you. I hope you can hear that I do love you guys. We're going to have a small group session. We need leaders. But can I tell you one thing that, and this is just, and this may sound terrible and you may hate me after this, but you've got to forgive me in the Lord, all right? But when I got saved, nobody told me to start a small group. All I did is I was like, I need to tell others. Hey, come over here. Come over here. Literally, I just would drag people to my house. And I'd sit them down. Sit down, brother. Just like that. And I'd be like, you guys want to read the Bible? Sure. And if they didn't say yes, I'd read it anyway. And before you know it, people were getting saved. And it was like in my house. Like, and I, 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 just, I was like, how could I believe this and not share this? But everybody needs a personalized invitation now to get involved in God's business. It's almost as if his spirit doesn't live in you. Now, now I look around our church, there's people that are involved in all kinds of things, and I know God's spirit lives in you. There's people in here that help out with the kids, and you help out with greeting, and you, you help out with music, and you, know, you put up with me making fun of you during church, and you don't get offended. So I know God's spirit, God's spirit lives in, in a lot of people in this room, but my prayer is that the whole church, the whole church in this room, and the whole church in this area, not just Lakeside, that God's spirit would come down and his people would be about his business. Because there's, th- there's two things that happen. When the spirit of God really comes into your life, you begin to bear the fruit of the spirit. Patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You start to look like Jesus because Jesus lives in you. And, you be about the pl- and you're about the work of the spirit, which is preaching the gospel to the lost, healing the broken hearted, opening the blind eyes, um, preaching good news to those who are poor. That's what happens. Would you bow your heads with me just for a second? I want you to give yourself a test. I'm not being, I'm really not trying to be condemning as much as I am trying to be encouraging and a little challenging. But look at your life. Look at the last seven days, the last 30 days. Does your life, does your life bear the marks of someone who has Jesus living in them? Not that you're perfect, and not that you have to do everything the way Chris does it, but are you about his business? Are you about his plan for your life? 
Or are you just focused on your own kingdom and asking Jesus, when are you going to build my kingdom? In fact, if you're really serious, I challenge you just to take this few minutes. We're going to be done soon. But just be real with the Lord. Right here in this room with no one else even hearing you. Repent if you need to repent. Confess your sin if you need to confess your sin. Ask for strength if you're feeling weak. If there's no mark of the Spirit in your life, ask for more of His Spirit. He'll hear those prayers. Ask Him to change you, empower you, renew you. You know, He's here, He's listening, He's waiting to move into your life. He's waiting to fill you and empower you to wash away your sins. Thank you, Lord. The way we're going to end today is if you would like a fresh move of God's presence in your life. I'm just going to invite you to stand right where you're at. We're going to close with this. If you say, you know what, I would like more of Jesus in my life. I would like to be about what Jesus is about. I'd like more of his presence, more of his love, the character of Christ. Maybe your character is not lining up. Maybe you want to be about the work of Christ. Would you just stand up right where you're I'm just going to say a prayer for everyone, but I'm going to challenge you just to put your hands up just a little bit as a sign of surrender, just like this if you want to, nothing crazy. And I'm going to say a prayer that I believe God will hear. God, your word says that you will send the Spirit upon your church so that we might be witnesses to all people everywhere. So I pray for the people in this room, the church in this room, that you'd send a fresh infilling of your presence into our lives. Lord, that the word of God would come out of the pages and into our hearts. That the word of God would not just be something that sits in a book on the shelf, but it would live inside of us. And that we would be driven and moved by your spirit and by your presence. Conforming to your character, being about your business, Lord. I pray this all right now in the name of the one who died for me, in the name of the one whose blood was shed, who took away my sins, who paid the price for Chris when Chris wasn't worth it. You saw some value in us. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I love you, church. Be blessed. We will be coming up with some small groups shortly. We're going to invite some prayer teams to come up here to the front. Stephen Edie, I don't know if you guys could join up here in the front. We're going to, if you would like prayer for anything, we're going to just have that available 
um, anything going on in your life, we love to pray with you and for you. And uh, we challenge you guys to come up and get that. If you're ready to go, go and have a great week. Be a great blessing and be about Jesus' business. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>